For I've kept you concealed up till now. I've kept you in a place of hiding and hid away from the world. Yes, even from much of the church at large. But I've done this as I've prayed out the mysteries and brought you into the fullness of my will. As a body here, and a body that's joined together for one purpose, I've concealed you that I might bring you out at the proper time. For the time is coming and now is when I will begin to advertise you Bring forth that which I've so fashioned after my will for the purpose of the end. For in the days ahead and not too far into your future, you'll find that these types of meetings will go from a place of what you've been used to to take on more of a harvest, miracle, demonstration, Not only to the church, but to the world. You'll be in amazement because you'll wonder why it's so simple. Why it seemed for so long that things were shut up and shut back. No one came. Watch saith the Spirit of the Lord, when I begin to knock on doors. Watch when I begin to go forth and advertise what I'm doing in this place and other places. I will of myself begin to speak to hearts and take them places past even the excuses that they've made up until now. And the longings to be in these places and in this church and others like it will become such a great desire to the circumference, not only to the neighborhood, but to places in the city. Others will move to this place and places like it. You're meeting for a purpose. You're hid away in the womb right now. You're hid away in secret. I've covered you with my hand. Would have done you no good. No prosperity would have came out of any evangelism program. You would have been a praying against what I'm praying through you in the mysteries. Because supernaturally I'm about to bring forth as I did with my son. In that he could not be hid. Neither will this be hid. Neither will your leaders and elders and pastors be hid. For many will seek this place and again your amazement will be why hadn't why hasn't it happened like this up till now but it was all in my purpose and in my timing so rejoice in this hour 
with a great hope and expectation seeing the vision which is to come, it is impossible. It is impossible, says the Spirit of grace, for you to have been doing these things over these decades without me doing what I will do in the decades ahead, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to read some scripture just as a portrait of revival. And uh, you can follow along or you can just listen or you can just write down the references. We're talking about where we're headed and we're talking about intimacy and purposes for going forward. Our first purpose is to know Him and fellowship. But then the next part that He's asked us to, to receive is an outpouring of signs and wonders and a, and a harvest. So I couldn't help but share. I didn't come in here with any thought of prophesying tonight. It wasn't something I was meditating on in, in the in the hotel this afternoon. It just began to hear those words that you and I were concealed up until now, but there's a place that's coming that's going to be it's going to be kind of hard for our flesh. It's going to be a rejoicing in the spirit. But the growth pains we're going to have to give each other a lot of uh, wiggle room because uh, your pastors, and your pastor here, and others, they'll be just as caring for you and just as intimate with you as far as loving you as as they ever did. And I made the joke with Jim, like, will you remember me? And of course he would because we're, we're best of friends. But there's coming a time where there's going to be a whole lot more of us. We, because of the atmosphere of family, we won't get lost in the, in the mix. Somebody said, well, I like little quaint. I do too. That's where it's birthed at. It's birthed with the 120. But it cannot, if he gets his will, it cannot stay with the quaint. It'll have to go to an expansion. But we won't lose each other. We'll be just, we won't get big-shotted, big-headed, and out of sorts. There'll be thousands and thousands born again. That's our end. Our end is because, the, the thing about it is, we're on a journey. And our journey is uh, it's getting closer. And we're living, going to live, you're going to live long enough. I tell everybody in our church, you, I will not, you cannot die. A hundred, don't, don't even begin to think that you're old until, I mean, a hundred years. Well, I'm, I'm 65 and I'm starting to get this in my, you're, 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 you're doing that to yourself. You're believing that to yourself. I, I, this, that, oh, and this. You've been taught by your surroundings to believe that's supposed to come. And then you begin to accept it. Yes, I think I will. Now I'm going to read out of 
Matthew, and I'm reading separate accounts because I'm going to use Matthew um, as uh, a chronology of miracle services where masses were gathered. Now, this does not even begin to entail all the individual miracles that he performed. And I've heard Gary do something like this of sorts out of Matthew, but it gives a good illustration because you can follow a chronology of different events and the healings and the miracles and those kinds of things. This The first one is in Matthew 4, beginning in 23, and I'm just going to kind of move along at a good pace here. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner. Everybody say all manner. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers, diseases, torments, and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. Pastor Jim did an excellent job. He came down and taught at our church in February. He does always, you know, that. And uh, the distinguishing between and the, the, the dominance of the dominion that God uh, gave to man, and he, and he brought out several, five consecutive services on our dominion over uh, in this earth and over Satan. And he distinguished in numerous verses uh, sickness, where it came from, whether it's natural or whether it's supernatural in origin. And so we see that. But in this revival, it doesn't matter if it's coming from a source demonically or just from a natural uh, genetic source or just the diseases on the earth. It doesn't matter. They're going to get healed. And they're all going to get healed. And there followed him a great multitude of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. And then in Matthew eight fourteen, And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. And when evening or even evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and he healed all. Everybody say all. All All that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah. The prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Now, I said I was going to stay in Matthew, but here's one exception. This is the same event out of Luke, but I like the way that Luke says this because it says, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him. And listen to this. Listen. This was a work day for Jesus. And he laid his hands on every one of them and heal them on every one of them. Now, I'm sure that there was in the mass crowds of thousands, 
I say I'm sure, but I, I can just imagine that the presence of the Lord or just His, His, uh, prayer over people began to produce the notable miracles where there were mass crowds of hundreds being healed. But you can't take away, you'll never take away, even though in this outpouring, that there won't be times where the Holy Spirit will dictate you lay your hands on people. At Capernaum that night, it says, Luke says he laid his hands on every single one of them. And they were all healed. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, we've gotten away from the prayer lines and different than we used to do conferences. Not because we have digressed. That's not because we've digressed. This has all been on purpose by the Holy Spirit. Because He's been maturing the crowds. He's been maturing the crowds, going from a place where some man, not that that was wrong, had to lay hands on you for you to get what you felt like you could, you know, receive or should receive from the Lord. But at the same time, we'll never get away, nor should we get away from having opportunity to lay hands on one another. The Lord shared with me today, He said, there's people that have come here that want to be prayed for. Or there's something inside of them that desires hands to be laid on them for prayer. Amen. Matthew 9 says this, 35, And Jesus went about all their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, I love this, every Sickness. Everybody say every sickness. every sickness. And every disease. And say every disease. Every disease. Among the people. Do you see this portrait? This is ours. This is not just Him. The works that I do, you'll do also and greater because I go to the Father. This is in this revival. Matthew 10. 1. And when He had called unto His twelve disciples, He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, He withdrew Himself from thence, and a great multitude followed Him, and He healed them all. He healed them all. Matthew 14, 13. And when Jesus heard of it, He departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed Him afoot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion. Now this great multitude, this is the feeding of the 5,000, so plus. And was moved with compassion towards them and healed their sick. Hallelujah. Healed their sick. And as I said, You know, if you read the Word, and if you've read the Gospels, you know that I am I am bringing forth a chronology of the mass healings. There is sandwiched every, in between, multiple individual miracles. Multiple individual miracles. Matthew 14, 34. 
And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. When they had gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. And he besought and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Hallelujah. So all this group came from all. Now this is chronology, chronologically. This is even after the woman with the issue of blood. I can't prove it by scripture. But it's possible that the news had spread across the lake. If you touch the hem of his garment. Well there was no virtue in the garment of course. But just in touching Jesus or the proximity, just believing. It says they were all, as much as touched Him, were made perfectly whole. Matthew fifteen twenty nine, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain, sat there, and a great multitude came unto Him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them, inasmuch as the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be made whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Hallelujah. We're speaking these things, believing these things. One of the things that's a question of our heart, and it's like the Holy Spirit sees that, question but not in an antagonistic way is like when when and so again tonight he's speaking and saying for a purpose i've hid you away but the time is coming when the the how can i say now i'm now i'm talking but he talked then but the 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 disposition or the posture of these kinds of get-togethers these kinds of conferences they'll be teaching i'm i'm sure but because of the position of the fatness, the fatness of revival, or the fatness of, of miracles taking place on every hand, it'll spar, it'll spur, it'll bring into, in, into to fruition people that will uh, come. They'll have a hunger. They'll have a desire. But the news, the news will travel. The news will travel. And uh, your regular services will be carrying that kind of advertisement that there's multiple healings taking place. So then when you declare like a gathering like this, these this, of course, and, and, and Jim's talked about this venue, it's, 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 it will not even begin to serve the purpose. But the wind is coming. The absolute wind is coming when they see the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear. Now we know, and we can't say this enough, that's not our foremost desire, but it is our desire. He said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and, and, and not do the things that I say? He's captivated us for a purpose. Our life is not our own. It's not our own. So we're not, we're not just wanting to fast and pray and get, excuse me, deader. 
just for the purpose of saying, man, I'm really living squeaky clean. It's so he can come and lay a a dispensation. Paul said, it's been given to me a dispensation. Uh, There's a a dispensation that's to be given to us. We're, We're the, we're the, we're the, there's no plan B. We're it. We're it. He's been teaching us for decades now. He's been grooming us for decades. He said recently, and you know it's true, if we're, you, whether you heard it or not, the prophecy I don't have in front of me, but to say, well, he can just, to say frivolously, he can just, well, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, he can just raise up somebody else. As if to say, well, he'll just, you know, overnight, the next 30 days, if I just stop. That's foolishness. That's, that's an infantile way of thinking. He grooms you for 30 years. He teaches you fasting and praying and fasting and praying and fast and worship and all this and drills you and you go through all kinds of physical battles and spiritual battles and decide to stay when others leave and you, you, you're groomed for this. You, th- you think he's going to take a, a little, somebody, well, he can do anything he wants to. He can take a little, are you kidding me? An immature, I was talking to somebody this morning, they were telling me about something in their, you know, that they had witnessed. A minister that had been brought in to a church and he was, uh, he was off. He was trying to show, you know, that you could just, anybody could do, anybody could do anything. He took the mic and just randomly just run up to somebody and said, here, prophesy. He said, do you prophesy according to the proportion of your faith? In other words, how do you get faith? Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't want no, though they're precious in his sight. But they don't know nothing. They're just, they're just still in diapers. They're still in diapers. They can still, uh, excuse me, they can still poop on you and everybody else around them. And you're going to believe that they can prophesy? Well, he can sovereignly do. Come on. What's growth for? What's, what's Jim teaching series after series after series after series? Pastor Jim teaching. What, why are we here? We're here so he can take grown-ups and pass a baton over to them and say, now here, when the power starts, you're not going to get crazy with this. You've got enough foundation under, underneath you and you're the, you're, you're the firewall for all those that will be coming in, the masses. And it won't be there, there's no way that Pastor Jim will be able to teach them all, the elders. You'll be, you'll, you're, you're, he'll teach them. But just your disposition and the way that you carry yourself as elders and people, because all of you are growing. You wouldn't be, wouldn't be here at this conference. You wouldn't be watching. But you'll be able to take, uh, you don't give a five year old. It's like we were talking this morning. You, it may be a son. You may have your DNA, but you don't give a five-year-old the keys to the car. 
He's, he's still your DNA. But he can't drive. He'll kill himself. He'll kill somebody. That's why we're growing. Because, because we're getting, we're getting fat on this, but it's not going to be long until this thing is ready to give birth. Can you say amen? I like this. This is not necessarily one of the, uh, miracle multitude verses, but I just had to include this. This is Matthew 13, 19, 13. It says, and when the, and then were there brought unto him little children that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, Suffer or allow the little children and forbid them not to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Hallelujah. Do you know there's times where as uh, if, if if this is the if this is the kingdom of God, he the little children just wanted him to touch him, just to touch him, just to bless him. And they said, no, 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 don't, don't. He's got more important things to do. They didn't want a prophecy. They didn't want a uh, necessarily didn't say they were needing healing. You know, sometimes you just need, you just feel like you just want God to touch you through somebody's hands. If they're mature. That's the word. I guess you're still little children, aren't you? His? Hallelujah. Not getting enough amens. Matthew 21, 12 says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And the blind and the lame came to Him in the temple and He healed them. Hallelujah. Well, you know it. You know of a truth that didn't stop with Him, right? He leaves. But it just picks up right with the apostles in the book of Acts. Acts 5.12 says, and that, and by the hands of the apostles, by the hands of the apostles, not, we're going to hear more about Peter in this verse, in these verses, but all of the apostles, by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified him, them. And believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, inasmuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the, pa- the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them, and there came also a multitude out of all, uh, out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Everyone, everyone, hallelujah! I think that'll beat knocking on doors. 
I think you'll have a problem. You're like, we can't keep up with this. Hallelujah. All we need is some of these major notable miracles to begin to be manifest. And you'll have to hide yourself. You'll say, oh God. Pastor will still love you. But then he'll be attending to thousands. And we won't get jealous. Or we won't get put out. Because you're the ones that helped birth it. Hallelujah. Do you hear me listening? Those who are watching. We're headed someplace. Let me say this. Concerning this revival that we're about to have. And the portrait thereof. And all of everything that's going to happen. uh, In respect to it. And it's about lifelong confessions. And about how you see yourself. I can't make you... um, I can't pull you in this. You'll have to believe it for yourself. And I say this, and I don't say it frivolously or flippantly. Uh, I don't even say it to impress. It's becoming bone of my bone or flesh of my flesh because I confess it, and I confess it by the Word of God. And Candy and I have joined together in agreement on this. We will live to be 120 years old. I know I didn't get many amens because that sounds like a prodigy. It sounds like something like, oh, bless his heart. That's a good, that's a good confession. Bless his darling heart. Bless his darling heart. The ministers of revival must live long enough to minister revival. Now it's really... Um, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, when the Lord loses, when He doesn't take but receives those that are mature. I'm not saying this to glorify myself in any way. I just, at, at 62, just turned 62 in January, I just, and I'm, I'm really not trying to impress. I, I really just feel like I'm just starting, just starting to understand this. I'm just starting to be where I'm valuable enough, uh, in His kingdom to be able to propagate this and sow this into other people's lives. Don't tell me. That he, he wants you to go at 60 or 70 or 80 years old or 90 years old. Don't, don't tell me that's his best. Cause just about the time you get to a place where you know something and can give something over in maturity. Say, well, that's so cute of you to believe that about the 120. That's really, listen. If I didn't have scripture on it, if I didn't have scripture, and if I wasn't saying that scripture, and if it wasn't becoming bone of my bone and flesh, in other words, you can't just say that and hope for it and, and then leave it alone and go off. You've got to tend to it like a garden. You've got to nurture it. And so I say these things over Candy and I often, 
speak them in confession. And again, this is not an impression for you. It's just to say this, for you revivalist, I'm hoping that you begin to cause your mind to come in tune with the purpose of God for your longevity for revival. Psalms 91.15 says, He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace. This is Proverbs 3.1 My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now, here's, here's, here's my promise. And I don't know, I don't know of any place in the old or in the new that this has changed. That this is uh, voided out and something is added in that negates this promise. This was a declaration by God. Now it was right after the flood, you know, up till the flood, eight, nine hundred years old. Those, we're, we, we don't have that kind of promise. But here is where God, God, uh, stepped in and said, man can live up till this age. And this is Genesis 6, 3. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, because he was talking about what he had just destroyed, how the wicked man had lived eight, nine hundred years. It gave him a long time to progress in their evil. But the Lord said, henceforth, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is all, for he also is flesh, yet his days, his days, shall be a hundred and twenty years. In other words, that's the promise. And I don't know, I don't know in Scripture, anything in the old or anything in the new that negates that. In other words, you can believe for, the only thing that I know, the only thing that I know that would change that, the only thing that I know is martyrdom. Now, you don't have to. See, because most people will think, look, I don't want to live that old because I don't want to be like a, a prodigy. I don't want to be like, let's drive by the nursing home and go in there and look at them and say, look, there's a hundred year old in there, 110. Now, I'm not talking about that. See, that's your vision. That's why you say, no, no, 80, 90 would be good for me. I'll, okay, you're, that's probably when you're going to go and that's great. Serve him. Like crazy to them. But if you want, if you really want, see, I'm not, I'm not preaching kingdom now stuff like the, the, Dave talked about them, the live forevers. He said the only problem is they kept dying out, the live forevers. <laughs> no, you can't, man, after 120, you'd be, you'd be on your own as far as promise. That's it. But what I'm talking about is this. Deuteronomy 34, 7. And Moses was 120 years old. He capped out. He capped it. Was 120 years old. And his eye was not dim, 
nor his natural force abated. That means, now this is, this is what that, at 120, he could pick up physically what he could pick up at 25. Somebody said, oh, that is so cute of you. I just wish you were just that. I'm believing this like anything else. I'm believing it just like revival. Why? Because I believe, see, <laughs> Moses' ministry, his ministry did not start. He had three parts to his life. He had uh, Moses in Egypt, Moses in the wilderness, and Moses with the children of Israel. It was 40, 40, and 40. The first 40 was in Egypt. Second 40 was in the wilderness. He didn't even start his ministry until he was 80. His ministry started. All of that that you read in the law, I mean, all of those books, you know, the Exodus, taking them through Mount Sinai, receiving the law, giving all of, all of that was from 80 years to 120. He didn't even start until he was 80. We said that was Moses. No, you have that promise. You really do. It's up to you. It's up to you. Really it is. But you have that promise. And the reason why I want it is because I think I'm finally, it's finally, I'm a, I'm a slow learner. Now maybe I shouldn't confess that, but I'm finally catching on what this is all about. And then you want to catch on, and then about the time you catch on, then you die. The NPR news came out yesterday and reported just yesterday, April 25th. Although she didn't quite make it to her goal of 120 years old, Kane Tanaka still long enough to become the world's oldest person, a title she held for the past three years and attributed to family, sleep, hope, and faith. Tanika lived, died last week, this last Tuesday, I guess, at 119 years old. Japanese authorities announced that Tanika, who had been living in a nursing home in Fukuoka, died on Tuesday at a hospital. Again, according to Genesis World Records, Tanaka, Tanaka was born prematurely on January 2nd, 1903, the same year that the Wright brothers brought powered flight to the world. She was the seventh child in her family. We won't be there Saturday because we'll be flying back in, but otherwise we would be at my son-in-law's um, uh, grandmother's um, home-going. Wonderful Christian lady and uh, Haitian, but she was a sport. The last few years that I ever saw her, when she would come into a service, she'd come in dancing. And she was so full of life right up till the day... Uh, that she passed last week, and she just went, her daughter, she was staying with her, my son-in-law's mom and dad, and uh, gun, they, the Haitians use the 
term gun for their grandmother. And gun was uh, doing real well. She just just lively as ever. And uh, his mom went to work and and uh, she called back and 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 uh, somebody said they'd called and she was trying to reach her. And uh, she just went in there into her bed, laid down and and from 30 minutes seeing her just laid down and just went to sleep and went on and uh in october this coming october because that's when ava's born right because she's born on or she ava's born on gun's birthday so gun would have been 105 this october and just as lively just as sporty not living in a nursing home just uh Ready to dance. So why are you saying this? Because we've got a we've got a future in front of us. You begin to believe that certain things are going to come on your body because of your age. They'll creep in. If you begin to believe that it's just the the passing of time, listen. God can go beyond genetics. This is what this was genetic. I loved what I heard. I, I listened to your pastor. I, I love what I heard him say the other day. He goes, man, I have just for years. It goes, I, I don't like to talk. We all have those fights. But he was talking about. I, I don't like to talk about. When I am in a fight, he said it, even my wife has to drag it out of me sometimes. And sometimes we need to know so we can pray. I'll, I'll go four or five days or a week, candy wheel, sometimes fighting something. And then we'll mention it. And I'm not saying that I'm putting us on a pedestal or anything like that. I'm just saying we have, we're children of promise. And so then when we start, excuse me, just within a few days feeling a symptom, we start blabbing it and talking to people and putting it on faith. Sometimes even pray for me on Facebook is a negative confession. You don't, they don't need to know. The world, most of them don't qualify to even get you healed anyway. They just bring more confusion. Start asking questions and then you got to, then, well, they'll, they'll send you this link and that link and before you know it, uh, uh, just a, just a, uh, uh, you know, a hangnail. They'll they'll take a hangnail, and it'll be it'll be uh, stage four cancer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the the ministers, us, us, you watching, we've got to live long. How dare you die on us? How dare you die on us? Listen, okay. If that sounds fantastic, if it's, uh, if it's fantastic, the 120, concede for, just concede with me to live, live at least a hundred. Okay? I'll come and preach your funeral on my way to 120. <laughs> Look at him. There's a best looking hundred year old I'd ever seen. 
the ministers of revival must be healthy enough to minister revival. I don't care if you are a Ferrari on the inside by revelation knowledge. If you, if your body breaks down on the side of the road, you're no more, you're no better than a Volkswagen. Wherever you stop, that's where the revelation stops. That's where the ministry stops. James says this in James chapter five, is, if, is there any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is there any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save or heal the sick. In other words, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he put this in there, he didn't say there was. He didn't say this is the the cause of all sickness. He just put this clause in there. If, if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. Now let me say this. Every time I say let me say this, you know you're in trouble. (laughs) Let me say this concerning longevity, health, believing God past wherever you're at. Because we're all in some since the word in some kind of battle, changing, using confession to change our bodies, get ready for the revival. Let me say this, you cannot, you cannot defy wisdom with faith. You cannot defy wisdom with faith. I'll say it again, because Kathy said it was good. You cannot defy wisdom with faith. In other words, one of the things, and and you can get off on this and you can go off, and that's not, we just want to mention it because it's so important. Now, I'll, I'll put this caveat in here real quick. This is a week of celebration. I'm not talking about now. We need to enjoy Jimmy's and and uh, the pizza place tomorrow. But you can't, you can't claim these promises. Eat everything you want. Any time you want. Nor live a sediment, a continual. You don't have to join a gym. You don't have to. That's not what I, But you can't live a complete sedimentary life. Eat everything. Anytime you want to. You can't defy wisdom. And then, and then chase it with a, with a promise. Wisdom and faith are one and the same. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Listen to this. An instruction, any instruction from the Holy Spirit to you personally. This is important. Any instruction from the Holy Spirit to you personally is just as sacred as any spiritual revelation you'll ever have. I'll say that again. It's vital. Any instruction 
from the Holy Spirit to you personally is just as sacred as any spiritual revelation you'll ever have. It's just as sacred as any vision, dream, revelation, or encounter with, I mean, encounter with Jesus. I love the way Kenneth Hagin used to talk about, he walked right through the wall, <laughs> talking about Jesus. Two or three times in his life, he'd have those kinds of visions. I'm look, Jesus walked right through the wall. Listen, those are, those are sacred. They're wonderful. But you can pound the, the lunch table and talk about the revelation that he gave you and the, the plan that he gave for your life and you're going from this phase to the next phase. But that's important. But that's not, that's not, that's not any more important than the secret grassroot things that he says to you in darkness and intimacy, just you and him about your life, even about your health. Listen, don't make God look bad. Not that you could. I'm not his defender. You can't make him look bad. But a lot of people will say, I can't understand. What happened? Why? You don't know. And we don't know. But you don't know how the Lord speaks to people. And how he gives them instruction. Not just about their body, but just about other things too. And it'll look fine and then people will be gone and you'll say, I don't understand. You don't know. You don't know what he said. You don't know what his instruction was. Because the things that he says to you in darkness, I'm talking about in secret, is just as important as the things that you can herald from the rooftop. Why? Because they're the grassroots of the thing that make you who you are. Still not getting enough amens. You're listening. I know that. Thinking about Gary, he did a, and it was very discreet, it was very loving. He said it, he did it, he did it perfectly. But he talked about a funeral that he did for a man, I think it was last year. The man came in and the, he went to the man, not publicly, but privately. And the Lord had spoke to him and said, you know, cause he, he could just see where this guy's life was going, how he kept himself and what his diet was and, you know, and, and how he kept himself in that sense of the word. And he said some things to him straight from the Lord in love about his weight, about his diet, and about how he needed to begin to take care of himself. Well, he, the man loved God. He'd been there just for a little while. But he, he, he kind of just circumvented that. And went on to what he thought was bigger and better things. Joined, got, got accepted at ORU, was going to get a degree, going to get, you know, go through Bible college and get this. And then he falls over, leaves the planet. Like Gary said, which was more important? Was uh, going and getting a degree? Once you're gone, you're gone. No, it's the grassroots secret Internal places where the Holy Spirit, you can pound the table and say, look at this, look at this revelation. Yeah. But if you're not what, if you're not doing what He's told you personally, what does it matter? Cause you're gonna expire one day. And it's gonna be left behind what you were supposed to be doing. Now, I don't wanna get us too, too serious here. Because I want us to get ready 
to receive. Hallelujah. I'll say this. <laughs> Christianity is a touchy, it's a, is a touching gospel. Jesus was touchy. Not emotionally. He touched. The last two years has tried to rob us. Now I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. You know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to make an argument. I'm just saying the last two years has tried to touch, has tried to rob through circumstances. The touch gospel. This is a touch gospel. You can pray for the masses all you want to, and that's, you should. With, you can send your word, I understand that, send the word of centurion, that the word will work. But, what about every example where he touched? All those individual ones that we didn't get to, most of those are, he touched, he touched, he touched, he even spit. I'm not, I don't think he'll have me spit on anybody tonight. In fact, what I saw is a, uh, well, let me just read this. Mark sixteen seventeen. you know this. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Um, I've seen recently, maybe like some of you have, in your own life, seen a couple of really notable miracles. But I think the thing that, uh, one was a lady that we love and was close to us, was in a horrible, horrific accident. They airlifted her and my daughter called and said she's only, looks like she's only got a little bit of time to live. And, uh, of course I called some people, Jim and Gary and some intercessors in our church. So I'm not taking the credit that it was just me, but she was saved alive. She she come out of it. She's out of it now. They then they wanted to cut her foot off because it was so mangled, and uh, we stood with her on that. And then she got born. It she had a vision. In those hours that they kept her for probably two or three weeks in a induced coma, but she had not a not a not a, uh, not a uh, medical type vision this the, the lord really came to her cuz i we heard it and discerned it and it was a something that really when my daughter shared the gospel with her she got born again it's very powerful we had a baby just recently that she was born uh, premature bleeding on the brain all kinds of i mean a list like this just like you just see that and say and the doctor said she she you know, they didn't think she'd live just with hours. And then the mother that we just kind of were acquainted with, she would, we started praying, the church prayed, I began to pray, and the mother would send Candy and I photos uh, in the next few days. And this child, this little tiny, tiny thing, had all kinds, I mean, there was more tubes covering the baby than the baby just looked like, in and out. And then they, for the next week or so, they began to tell her every day. They would say, uh, she would text me and she'd say, uh, Pastor, 
uh, they've told me to come down and hold my little one because uh, uh, she'll pass, and maybe I want, maybe you want to be holding her when she passes. And uh, I would, I would say, don't give up, don't give up. We're going to keep praying. And I, well, I'd go back into prayer, and and we'd pray. And uh, so uh, last Sunday, of course, I was here. The Sunday before was Easter. That Sunday and the Sunday before that, uh, she brought her in, all dressed up, totally healed. Just, just, I mean, they said there was a couple, just the most beautiful little child. I held her up. And, uh, but here's the thing that I, I think that, that I was so appreciative about. The Lord whispered to me and said this, and He wasn't just talking about me. He was talking about all of us. He said, this didn't come by like a gifts anointing. Like, you know, I could just sporadically come. He said, these miracles, these past two miracles, and with the baby, uh, it came because of an innate place, a place of existence within sight of you and me and those now, the word says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So, um, I'm going to ask pastor to, to minister with me. We, we, we walk in the same anointing and power. And uh, some of you have come with a necessity for healing in your body. But some of you just plain out like to have after two years of not being touched, have a man of God lay his hands on you. Like Jesus and just bless you. Just bless you. Now I can tell you this, and this is no brag, and this I can say this for my friend too. Uh, I didn't start fasting and praying, getting ready for this conference. That's the life I live. That's the life I live. I live that life. So after the conference, I'll just go back and do what I've been doing. And I didn't gear up for this. I didn't gear up for it. I just did the fasting that I normally do. I do the praying that I normally do. Why? Because we don't get ready for an event. Because the event's right there in front of us. It's called revival. You don't bulk up. We're not bulking up for these. These we're just living the life. That's the life we live. So, Harry, and why don't you guys come and let's all stand. Hallelujah. I know it's uh, ten to nine. You you didn't come. You didn't fly in or drive in or st- you didn't stay here just so. Uh, you could say, um, well, we're going to have revival, but I sure hope it happens before 9 o'clock. So, um, this is what I saw. So what I see, I'll just any of you elders that are elders in this house, uh, you know, you're, you know, maybe you've not had a service where a pastor said you're an elder, but you minister as that. Uh, I'd like for you to come with us.
We release the power of God right now over those that have been fighting panic attacks, anxiety. For many of you that have fought these kinds of things, have reasoned within yourself and the enemy has come and said you're less than. You didn't understand and sometimes it was biological, sometimes it was a direct assault. But nevertheless, because of the accuser of the brethren, you've walked in a weight, not just the fear of those things, but a weight of less than, a feeling of less than, not having the same place of sonship or being a daughter in the kingdom because something was wrong with you, that you were broken in some way. I'm here to tell you, as your Father and as the Spirit of Truth, you're not broken. You're mine. You're filled, even as you believe, with strength on the inward man, says the Spirit of Grace. Henceforth, do not receive in yourself, even when the symptoms come, do not receive the accusation that these things are coming because something is wrong, innately wrong with you. Or that part of your makeup is broken. But I say to you that strength is being measured out to you even now in this service. And in times to come you'll find a growing strength. For this testimony has come about, not just for the one that gave it, but for all those who reach out at this moment in time. And Father, right now, for everyone that's watching and everyone that's here in the name of Jesus. Fear, I'm speaking to you. I command you in the name of Jesus to lift off of the body of Christ. Inadvertent fears, even things that unexplainable when people don't understand, like attacks against the mind. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm speaking. He's speaking. Someone through the camera or even in here. No, you're not. You're not getting dementia. You're not getting Alzheimer's. You're not. That lie, those symptoms of memory and recall, that's coming against you even now. Stand up in faith against these things. Do not entertain them in your bed. Do not entertain them in your shower. Do not entertain them. But speak against them. Speaking my word. Saying these things. I have the mind of Christ. And I'll have the mind of Christ until I'm old and taken out of this world. I will continually remember everything, both old and both new. Old memory patterns, new memory patterns. In Jesus' name, I release the power of God to you. Forget not the things that I have said to you from the beginning. 
You may not be a pastor, prophet, evangelist, apostle, or any of the fivefold, but you have a call. You have a specific call that is just as important as anyone that will stand in the pulpit. Hold to those promises. Hold to the blueprint that I have given to you and refurbish these things and go back to them and claim them and read them and quote them and rehearse them before my presence with worship and adoration saying, you're the God that cannot lie. You said these things to me 20 years ago, 10 years ago. No prophecy has mold on it, mildew on it in my sight. It's just as if I spoke it five minutes ago. Your call now is to be understood. The message of longevity for your life is for the purpose of this outpouring, says the Spirit of the Lord. So go back and hold dear. Ask me to cause you to remember if you've not written these things down. All of the prophecies and things that were said both to you personally from the Spirit of God or someone that you trusted that was hearing from God. Hold to the blueprint of your life which first comes by my word and by the witness of my Spirit. But individually, I've spoken many things to all of you. These things are to be held in great regard, says the Spirit of the Lord. Lift them up. Lift them up before me and worship me as if they were coming to pass in the next five minutes of your life. As if they were immediate, immediately transpiring, says the Spirit of the Lord. Father, we worship You. We worship You. We worship You, Jesus. Hallelujah. To all those who have been watching tonight, as we've been praying here, we release that same power into your homes. There's a father there, lay hands on your children. If there's a a husband there, lay hands on your wife or wife on the husband. If you're alone, lay hands on yourself and receive the virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. Power and grace emanate into you. Be healed in your body. Be refreshed and strengthened and revitalized in this inner man. Strengthened and receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in great strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we speak over those who came here or watching who have been somewhat discouraged concerning their the destiny of their call, whether or not it would really come to pass. But in these days, there will be raised up inside of them a supernatural hope and a, a godly kind of hope. Seeing the vision again of what, Lord, you've spoken. These things will come and they'll be being kindled by your Spirit. With such, Lord, love and such a compassion coming from the Spirit of God. 
wash away self-condemnation and fear. Let the blood be our go-to faults and failures. Wash us, Jesus. Wash us of anything less. Anything that's not yet yielded. Wash us. Cleanse us. Make us fresh and anew every day in Your presence. We love You, Jesus.